0: Listening to the new Paris. Me too, body shaming, fat phobia, feminism, PMA, representation. These are among the words, movements, and themes that have gone from niche or seldom addressed to the forefront of conversation across nearly all social stratums. In season one, I invited Lauren Bastide of the feminist podcast La Poudre to discuss the outcome of Me too in France and the rising influence of a new generation of feminists who are raising their voices and taking to the streets. Now, a year later, I wanted to go deeper into the conversation, looking at how Me Too has or hasn't awakened the national consciousness, the issue of representation, and the latest discriminations impacting women, with two important voices on the topic. Rebecca Amselem, author and creator of Les Glorieuses and the book Les Glorieuses Chroniques d'une Feministe, and Jennifer Pajemy, journalist and host of the new podcast, Mirror, Miroir, Miroir. Thank you for joining me. Thank, Thank you, you for having yes. us. <laughs> um, a lot has happened in the last year. I think we could all agree. Uh, and as much as I'd like to believe that there are a lot of enlightened conversations and discussions happening uh, online and offline in France, I'm not so sure that that actually applies to the upper stratosphere of media companies and and big institutions. Um, in your opinion, do you think that there's been enough tangible, positive impact following the explosion of the Me Too conversation?
1: Um, well, I would say I'm kind of the boring person at dinner parties that always says that the Me Too movement didn't have any impact in our daily lives. Didn't have any impact. Didn't have any impact. And I would say that, you know, when I don't know, when women take the, the subway or when they go to work, they face the same discrimination, stereotypes and so on. But now, a year later, I may slightly change my version, not completely, just slightly. Uh, And I would say that um, I think there's like a slightly change in people's imagination. And I think that a year later, people don't, I think that more people know about the word consent, which Mm -hmm. wasn't the case Mm -hmm. last year. And I think that – I'm not saying that uh, men are having better behaviors. I don't know. Um, I didn't see any uh, sociological study on the matter. But I would say that it exists in their imagination. And now they think about it. I'm not saying that they act accordingly, but
0: they think about it. And so that's already a step in a direction that we need to be going.
1: Yeah, I would say so. It's, um, it, when I talk about feminism, I have to talk about the revolution of the imagination because we cannot actually change for good people's behavior if they themselves didn't think about it and didn't change their own way of thinking and therefore their imagination. Hmm. So I think it's a first step and it's a good thing. It's a great thing.
0: What do you think, Jennifer?
2: Yeah, I agree with Rebecca because I think, you know, like in the daily life, nothing have changed really. Like, you know, it's still the same, very still harassment in the street and um, sexual assault and stuff like that. But I think uh, the important thing to to notice is how it opened the conversation. And now we can talk about that in dinners or parties or you know like with people in general and I think we used to to be blind before and it was something we didn't want to to see and to open up and now I think it's easier to talk about those topics with you know like friends and boyfriends, girlfriends like with kind of everyone and I think it's really important to to go there. So it's not
0: the elephant in the room anymore, so to speak. It's sort of a topic that's allowed to be brought
1: up. Um, It's even a bit more than that. I think it's somehow like a mandatory topic, you Mm -hmm. know, at some point. And uh, there are still people laughing about it. And, uh, of course, not taking it quite seriously, but it's still people, you know, people talk about it. And I think it's a good thing.
0: And Me Too really took off initially, especially in the States, um, as a dialogue around experiences specifically with sexual harassment, rape and assault. But obviously that has evolved to incorporate any number of injustices against women. Um, But as these voices become louder, it seems like, at least in France, the patriarchy just digs in its heels even further. Um, And there are a number of examples of this, of course, And, um, and, and women themselves of... That, that align themselves with those men are guilty of the same um, do you think the women who are fighting against this are making headway are there, are they m- making progress I mean are there things that are happening that is really trying to you know make that you know that that system crumble
1: well I would hope so <laughs> <laughs> this is part of our jobs you know to um, to to do this to uh, to fight to fight the patriarchy and to to uh, to think about a new system, a new system in which there would be more equality um, between all people. And um, of course, I think you can actually experience this, and activists have been experiencing this um, in all different parts of history. Uh, When you're making progress, there's a backlash. And the more you're making progress, the more the the deeper and the more important the backlash is. And this is exactly what we're experiencing with the rise, in, um, the rise to power of a uh, far-right party, just like what happened yesterday in Brazil and uh, what happened in the U.S. and what happened in Italy, of course, when we're making progress, there are some, like, um, counterpowers that says, oh, my God, but what is happening here is that I'm losing my privileges, so I'm going to do everything, and um, especially... They do have more power and they do have more money than we do. And therefore, they're going to use all these things to stay in power and to keep their privileges. Um, But I think we do are making progress, um, even though this is happening. I think that um, women um, have been... I'm talking about feminism, um, Mm -hmm. of course, but um, I think that... uh, women have um never earned that much money and uh i'm not talking about money to be frivolous or anything it's just that money equals power and there, and it it also uh equals um social equality so we do need money to to create a tangible revolution and um this is why for instance i'm fighting for the equal pay this is not because it's um just a topic that, uh, like a fashionable topic, I'm talking about this because we do need the money to make tangible uh, changes in our society. And now oh, I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I mean, that's that's pretty I mean, yeah. you, you do, you, there might not be, you know, hard facts that say, yes, this is, these are the concrete ways we've, started (laughs) you know kicking down the patriarchy but it does it does seem like you know there's at least been the backlash you're talking about is a very interesting point because as we saw this reminds me of the the letter the sort of manifesto among women Catherine Deneuve and Mm. you know that was signed by all those women and those women are and not just in France but it's true this seems very specific to a French brand of feminism, mm. yeah. of that kind of feminism, which is that, you know, they believe it's what's happening now is going too far. Mm. And, you know, that we're, we're turning men into, into villains when they're not. And, mm. you know, and now you're yeah. getting these fragments of women against women. And it's like, that's not going to help
2: either. Mm. Yeah. But and, I think you were right, you know, at the beginning of your introduction, because sometimes we think everything is happening but actually, no. You know, like we are in a bubble. We are in a kind of field. So, actually, the backlash is reality. You know, like for the people, um, the real people, kind of, uh, they face the same things. They, they, they face the um, the same life. You know, and for us, it's like, oh, it's a backlash. But actually, no, because for how point of view, we think it's, um, things have changed a lot, but actually not, not that enough. much yet. yeah, And not enough. So, so yeah, when you talk about, uh, catching and celebrities like this, uh, actually because they, they, they are in a bubble too. So the bubble is different from us, but our bubble is different from the mm. normal people, people kind right. of. So yeah, I think it's it's something we need to 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 face to, to 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 accept that uh it's not because media have changed their ways or we are changing the ways um that is the same for everybody, you know. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean at that point it's just little groups talking to each other and no <laughs> yeah. one's
2: really Changing
0: anything on the ground,
2: yeah, and especially for minorities, you know, queer people, uh, POC, and every kind of uh, minority outside of the big group, Mm -hmm. you know. So,
0: Rebecca, you wrote about uh, what was really at play with the decision by the Fédération Française de Tennis to ban Serena Williams's bodysuit. and it had to do with male control. I mean, that's sort of what led me into this question that we were talking about the patriarchy. This is an example of that. Um, could you talk about this a little bit and why you think this perhi- this behavior is perhaps very, very much a part of the French mm. way of behaving?
1: Well, that was a really embarrassing moment for the French people. Uh, it happened this summer, and I think it was some obscure uh, person working for the French... Uh, Federation of Tennis, who said that uh, Serena Williams, who is the number one of tennis player among the world, uh, couldn't actually wear what she wants to wear uh, while playing tennis. And he said that um, there should be some kind of standard uh, in the tennis court and that women, if I recall well, should wear um, skirts. Or their shorts or a ribbon. It's shorts. like about respecting the sport and the place. Exactly is what he said, and I think it's um, it's it's quite. I would say first, it's quite funny because this nobody knows who this person is, and everybody knows uh, who Serena Williams is. <laughs> And the second thing is, um, it, it just reveals, you know, the, um, that the backlash has started. It reveals that uh, people, and especially white men, uh, are going to start to fight back, to uh, fight for their privileges. And... Um, This is uh, one incident, but if you can if you analyze it with um, macro uh, analysis on on the world, um, uh, more international perspective, this is exactly uh, what's happening when um, right wing uh, parties are being elected in countries all around the world. It's just white male fighting for their privileges once again. Mm-hmm. And I think that next year during Roland Garros, what could be funny is that all uh, female tennis player would actually come with bodysuits and all play in bodysuits. What would happen? What just would a, the guy do? He could actually do anything.
0: It would be a giant FU, that's for sure. But, if, you know, it, it also, you know, his comment had acknowledged, did not acknowledge at any point the fact that she was wearing the suit for medical reasons. Also, it wasn't just... A fashion statement, you know, which is but anyway, you're right, it absolutely feels like a reclaiming of power. Mm.
1: Mm. And in the same thing with the veil, the whole debate about the Mm -hmm. veil in France has nothing to do with um, misogyny in the Muslim community. They don't I don't think that the people who are actually talking about the veil in the main media actually care about what's happening within the Muslim community. I think what they care is about um, controlling what a woman should wear or should not wear. And it's the same thing for Williams in the matter. And it has nothing to do with some French tradition or if it has to do with some French tradition, it has to do with the French patriarchy tradition.
0: Right. So it's just upholding these existing...
2: Yeah and I think it's really important to notice the fact that Williams is harassed you know like by by people in general but especially uh by that kind of men who think that uh she she can be this powerful you know because She's the representation of a powerful woman and, like, especially a black woman. Mm -hmm. So it's something to to say to her, like, you don't have the right to be. You don't have the right to exist. So we need to tell you, like, to control your existence, you know, in the whole existence.
0: And, you know, France has has always put a great emphasis on aesthetics, especially since you know like the 18th century yeah i wonder if it has something to do with that as well i mean not just the control but you know they have this very clear idea of you know this is what we believe i mean whether it's communicated to anybody or not yeah. you know, is another thing but you know here like you said they for whatever reason mm. her coming in with something that goes against the grain
2: yeah because is unacceptable. We, we are a classist you mm-hmm. know we uh, French people like to say, "Oh, we are all the same universally, so we don't like to change our ways and we don't like to evolve you know we we want to stay to the basics and to to stay you know that that kind of royalty mm-hmm. i I don't really know how to explain, but something yeah we 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 we've built uh, the, the country this way. So he he needs to stay this way. Right. You know. Right. So. I don't think that. You know? no, no, I, no, I don't assume you do. Um, and that sort
0: of leads me to representation because obviously if you never grow up seeing any of these other kinds of images, you know, it's really tough to believe that, you know, as a woman, you could allow yourself to express yourself that way. Um, so the word representation is, kind of on heavy rotation these days. Um, And not only are women severely underrepresented on television and in print media, but women of color, queer women, and disabled women even more so. And perhaps because the Anglo-Saxon population is really quick to... Raise flags when the media isn't doing a good job of, of working toward inclusivity. The issue has been taken seriously. Um, Jennifer, do you think that France is as behind as I think it is? <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I feel like it's really behind. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> we, we are always behind. I don't know why, but I think it, uh, it linked to the thing I said before, because we don't like change, really. Right. We... You know, change for us is something too. I don't know, like too shakingful. I, I don't know if you say it rocks it, like, the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no one wants to rock the boat. So, so yeah, we are always behind um, US and UK because we take time. But I think we we are getting there. You do, yeah. And and you know, like the last uh, two past years. Um, diversity was the world, you know, like everyone wanted to be diverse. Okay. Oh, you're doing, uh, an ad. So, oh, let's put some, I don't know, like black people and maybe a red hair woman Mm -hmm. and like something, but it was something more for marketing. And now I feel, uh, representation is the right word because. We want to see the bigger picture, you know, you, we want to see how we can transform the society with the bigger picture and then we can we can fix the 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 issues, you know, and and now we are we, we are trying to 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 change bit by bit, but because uh, voices are changing, too. So it's because of us. You know, right, because you're a yeah. writer
0: in the media, yeah. and you can say
2: this isn't right. Yeah, so I think we we have the responsibility to to represent the right person and in the right way, but it's something that takes a lot of time because even in the U.S. and in the U.K., it becomes. Um, Something important, but ten years ago it was not the case right it so, was still a marketing yeah. thing yeah. right so for us it 's going to be the same
0: if we look at because now i 'm just you know obviously tackling a lot of the big because you guys are like you know you cover the you cover current events, and there have been so many things that have come up in the media that I wanted to talk to you both about um, if we look at the debate around pMA, so for listeners who don 't know what that is it 's access to IVF which is currently inaccessible in France to single women and lesbian women. Uh, The women affected by that issue were noticeably absent from the debate, from the cover stories and television interviews, with the exception of a couple. Um, And this was around the recent news that the French bioethics body backs IVF for all women. Now, it hasn't been voted on, but, you know, this Mm. is a good step so no matter how much resistance there was among when women and men to the lack of female voices their opinions were largely ignored is it religion that's entirely behind this like you know how you know the the expats like to joke that the french become religious when it's convenient for them you know like <laughs> for their holidays and things and <laughs> and it seems like you know the the bishops and all the relig- ultra religious figures came out of the woodwork to comment on this. And of course, the media brought them out of the woodwork. So is that what's, you know, why are, like, how could they just be like, no, no, we don't want to actually talk to any of these women. Let's just talk to some bishops.
1: I think we should, um, first, I think we should not talk about the media as some kind of a shadow system that would actually take whatever is over there. And, you know, with some kind of religious power, they would actually only choose men that talks about this topic I think behind the media are concrete journalists who choose to um, uh, int- to uh, interview the, the people who are concerned by the topic or not and I think that in France you can see that there's um, really a large interesting rising generation of uh, especially female journalists who um, kind of um, um, made the, the journalism methods evolve. I would say that uh in the classic media uh they would actually uh call people that are in their cell phones and you know um the people that they know their cell phones so that it would be more easy to bring them mm-hmm. to uh to interview them and I think that the new generation of journalists and you are among them Jennifer um you you decide to really talk to the people who are concerned by the topic. And I think that what happened is that um, in you know the, the major media, there were maybe people who were not um, concerned by this topic, the PMI topic, and therefore who didn't know who to call. I think it's actually a really practical matter. Hmm. I think that to to have a better representation of people in the media, you need to have a better representation among journalists. And this is what happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because the lack of um, different kind of journalists behind is the reason why, you know, like the journalists um, don't call the right person mm-hmm. and don't call the the concerned people, you know.
0: But are you, one could argue also that if you're a journalist for Le Monde, let's say, yeah, if the story affects lesbian women, let's say, you try to figure out how to get... Yeah. a lesbian woman, uh, you know, and on Twitter alone, like Alice Cofin, who's Yeah, you and know, I you think know, it's m-
2: easy to reach them, actually. Right, so, that, so yeah. that's why for me, <laughs> so.
0: that's why for me yeah. it was like, hello, y- you know, you've got yeah. these resources right here, which is why I thought it wasn't just about, you know, that the, we, we can't say that they didn't have the option. You yeah. know, that it was clearly a choice. Yeah. But I just, you know. But this I, is
2: a problem we have with Kind of everything, because mm. even when we talk about i don 't know women in at work or i don 't even know, but you can have a table mm-hmm. just full of men mm. and without uh, a woman to talk about her life and her experience, so actually um with black people women gays lesbian lesbians, and with everyone kind of we we have the same issue. Um, we see a lot of um, TV show or not TV show, sorry. Uh, We see a lot of um, shows without uh, people concerned. So it's not the first time, but I think it's really wrong and we need to change that.
0: And I guess you could say that it's the same thing in the States with women's reproductive rights now being controlled by a bunch of white dudes. Mm. Yeah, Um, Jennifer, on your podcast, um, you know, you're talking about a lot of um, different ways in which uh, societies impose standards of beauty and femininity isolate women. And you had Gabrielle Dédier, who wrote the book uh, On Ne N'est Pas Grosse, which is, means basically we're not born fat, about fat phobia. Um, and, you know, I thought what was interesting about that was um, it seems that a lot of, of people think they're being very well meaning when they discriminate. And they think that. Or they're completely unaware that their actions could be interpreted in a certain mm. way. Do you think that maybe through podcasts like like yours, through newsletters like Les Glorieuses, and through books like Gabrielle's, that this is a time where maybe people are going to get out of this
2: state of like
0: ignorance, or you know, their their eyes are going to open. Like this is is this maybe like a turning point?
2: Yes, definitely. I think so because. Um, we used to think for the example of fat phobia, we used to think it was just aesthetical, like, oh, like, this person is fat, so it means she looks like this, but actually it's not just that, it's, um the way you are discriminated in a daily life, the way when you go to the, um, the doctor he doesn't want to, to take you seriously because of your weight. Um the way people can be rude, but like rude, like really rude um uh, almost to to take you off some stuff to your um shopping, basket, shopping right? bag shopping yeah so uh i think now it's it's really important to to hear and to read different kind of experiences because now we can see okay it's more than that it's it can be something uh, really heavy for 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 a person, mm-hmm. so it's something we now I think we are more aware of the different kind of situations a person can 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 experience mm-hmm. um every day so yeah, and before it used to be aesthetical or maybe more you know about size, like oh a fat person is i don't know what size she is or he is. So yeah, so I think uh before it was just about aesthetics and now it's more about the reality of it and it's it's important to to see yeah different different ways to to experience this this reality. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And Rebecca, one of the things I love about your weekly newsletter is that you comment on the news through a feminist lens um and not only the local news but international events that can and will impact women everywhere. Is there something in recent months or in the last week or something that has really affected you and your readers? Is there something that stands out as sort of like the theme that...
1: Well, yeah, the fact that yesterday, far-right um, white male uh, who openly who is openly racist and mindset, mindset how do you say it? Do you say misogynistic? Misogynistic, Mis- yeah. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> le- that, you know, he got elected democratically in Brazil. Yeah. And this is what we were talking um, about earlier is that we people and women have been fighting since, uh, especially since Trump got elected uh, almost two years ago. Oh, two years ago, yeah. It's terrifying. Yes. And um, what is scary is that it doesn't doesn't seem to change. And doesn't people are still scared about the economic reality, about um the the social reality. And I think we we have to find new ways to to make people believe in um true democracy and, and what makes uh, a people um together. You know, like uh, the I, I there's this word in French um that expression is called le vivre ensemble, which mm-hmm. I really hate when people are are saying it because it's most of the time it's just, you know, a word empty of, yeah. of like meaning and yeah. everything. But when you think about it, le vivre ensemble is exactly what makes a people a people. How to live together. How to live together. What are the values? I think we should change the values that um, today uh, are uh, the most major values of our society. We need to find new values that everybody agrees on. We need to find new way to communicate. We need to find new way to um, elect the people who are representing us. I think we have to change all of this system. And in the meantime, there's going to be crisis, crisis all around the world. But... uh, like, despite saying this, I'm like quite an optimistic person. And uh, okay. what is interesting in this weird times is that we can actually think about everything and we can build the society that we want. And this is not something naive or some anything like that. It's just that the possibilities are enormous and we can do whatever we want.
2: Mm, well, that um, is positive. Mm, I like that. Um, yeah, it's a good way to, to check in people and to think... Okay, so now we are we are deep down, you know, like in in the hell. So now how we can we can um, be better, how we can we can build something good, you know. So maybe it's yeah, it's a nightmare for American people, for Brazilian people. But now it's time to think and to rebuild the country, the world, the world. It it seems
0: like we've got a lot of rebuilding to do. So ending on a positive note, despite all that we've just said, <laughs> I've never seen more women engaged and active in women's rights issues in Paris than in the last couple of years. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with voices like yours who are, you know, gathering people together. Um, what could women do, women who are listening, who want to get more involved, whether they speak English or French or whatever, how can they get more involved in Paris in these issues?
1: Um well, there's um, lots of organizations who are uh, doing amazing things in Paris uh, for women's rights, um, and I'm sure that if ones want to get involved in those movements, I'm sure there is someone in their family and their uh, among their friends who is already involved, and maybe that can introduce um, him or her in the, in in this new field. and this is the first part. And the second part is something that I often say to people who tells me that I want to do more, but I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have the, the privilege to do more. But I really want to. And um, and I think that um, it's not because um, I do it as um, my job and that Jennifer does it also as her too, as her job that everybody needs to do it. Uh, and not everybody needs to uh, prepare um, and to make this, uh, to do this for a living. I think that uh, you can be, do a lot just by writing your stories, stories about your life. Just um, uh, writing, I would say, writing your stories in a diary is an act of, um, of uh, rebellion in a society that uh, prevent women from saying what they hmm. want to say.
0: Such an interesting mm-hmm. idea, and something that's obviously very accessible.
2: <laughs> I think it's really important to think outside the box and to follow different people and to subscribe to newsletters, podcasts. Today, I think it's really easy. You know, like you just open the internet and you find absolutely everything. So it's just um, it's just important to want to change. And and I think it's the, the 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 start for everything. And then it's easy. So it's seek easy. out seek yeah. out different voices, different yeah. people of different backgrounds, yeah. And let that be what
0: sort of guides you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's easy enough for people to do. No, it's an e- it's a good it's a good way to get involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm going to thank you for being here thank today. You. Thank you. For more from Rebecca and Jennifer in English and French, sign up for Les Glorieuse newsletter and subscribe to Jennifer's show, Miroir Miroir. Links to their social media handles will be in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. I'll see you in a back in a couple weeks. À bientôt.